Some of them from Jerusalem said, Is not this he who they seek to kill? But look, he speaks boldly, and they say nothing to him. Do the rulers know indeed that this is truly the Christ? However, we know where this man is from, but when the Christ comes, no one knows where he is from. Every creature's unique in the song that it sings, all exclaiming, indescribable, uncontainable. You place the stars in the sky and you know them by name. You are amazing, God. All powerful, untamable, awestruck with. Welcome, everyone, to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with senior pastor and teacher Rob Kellogg. The people of Jerusalem knew that the religious leaders wanted to kill Jesus. The crowd that came for the feast didn't know it. But those from Jerusalem did. Yet they were amazed that the rulers would not and could not stop Jesus from teaching. Jesus was never afraid or intimidated by the threats against him. He still spoke boldly and with such boldness that no one could make him stop. As followers of Jesus Christ, we too should take example of Jesus' actions and speak boldly of him to others around us. Now let's join Pastor Rob with today's lesson. If we could open our Bibles this morning to John's Gospel, chapter 7. We're going to finish the chapter, Lord willing, today, and I believe we can. It is possible. It's a lengthy chapter, as was the one prior. You recall that Jesus, now, he is, as we looked at last week, he was in Jerusalem... The first time he was in Jerusalem, uh, prior to this, since his baptism and him being tempted in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, now he, remember, he went to Jerusalem and there he healed a paralytic man who had been paralyzed for a number of years and he was at the pool of Bethesda, remember, and Jesus healed this man on the Sabbath and and so the Jews, obviously at the time, the religious leaders, they took notice of Jesus. They were very suspicious, very jealous of him, because nothing like this has ever happened before. At least not for a long time. They weren't used to seeing a miracle performed, and here Jesus comes along and performs this miracle. Things start to heat up, and Jesus leaves to go to Galilee, and we saw where he ministered. Too many people feeding the 5,000 on the eastern shore of the Galilee. And, and then Jesus finally does go back. Remember, at the beginning of chapter 7, his brothers. Remember, Jesus had um, brothers, half-brothers. And they were encouraging him to go down to Jerusalem and show himself off, in a sense. Go and make yourself open to the world. Just manifest yourself and it wasn't the right time for Jesus to do so because he knew there was a time when he should go 
But you'll see this recurring phrase in the Gospel of John where it says that his hour had not yet come. And what that means is that it wasn't the right time for Jesus to be manifested in his full glory. And certainly the the, the fullest extent was when he hung on the cross and when he died for the sin of the world. It wasn't time yet. There was a time coming and it was going to be on the Passover. But it wasn't going to be coming until the Father said it was going to be. And so Jesus and the Father in perfect communion and communication knew when that time would be. But until then, no one laid a hand on him because God's ways are are protected by him. He has the ability to change hearts. He has the ability to protect his own when he is operating. And I love that, don't you? Because guess what? You're one of his too. And he has complete control over everything that comes in and out of your life. You may think it's just happenstance or that it's some kind of coincidence, but there is no coincidences for the child of God. Every one of us has the Lord looking out for us. You need to know that. Otherwise, your theology, your understanding of God is going to get really weird. Even the difficult things, the good things, the difficult things, everything in between, God allows, and we need to trust him in that process. Trust him in the life that he's doing. He's working things in you right now that can only be done through certain means, and he knows what means those things are. And yes, even death in a loved one, even sickness, even the, a job loss, yes, even terminal illness, all of these things he allows in our life. But guess what, believer in Jesus? If you are a believer in Jesus, you've got every hope. You've got the greatest hope. In fact, the Bible calls it the blessed hope. You have a hope that goes beyond the grave because that is the true reality of the child of God when they take their last breath. The Bible says that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, and that's the truth of it. If you're a child of God, now if you are not a child of God, you better be worrying. Because the Bible says that there are only two places. And I'm not ashamed or afraid to tell you. And you know, there are only two places for an individual. You either go to heaven and be with Jesus forever, or you go to hell. Nobody likes to talk about that. Certainly in churches today, they want to tell you that, oh, you look so great. Do you feel good? Well, here's, you know, they want to pump you up and give you all this good stuff, and they don't tell you the truth. Well, the truth sometimes hurts, doesn't it? And the truth stings, doesn't it? It does. It does, but it's meant to be. But Jesus was no stranger to trials and tribulations. I think of all the people that walked on the earth, he knew very well what spiritual warfare was all about. The very Son of God. Think of, the, think of that. God in human form on this earth, which we know is enemy territory right now. But Jesus came. He healed And his brothers, his half-brothers, yes, he had half-brothers. He had sisters, too. And they encouraged him to go up. He said it wasn't the right time. And Jesus went up in secret because he had to do that because all eyes were looking for him. And he was just going to do it incognito. He was still going to go and minister to people, but he was going to do it under the radar because his time was not yet. His hour had not yet come. And so we looked at that last week. And so let's pick up in verse 25. And we're going to read down through 29. Notice with me, it says, Now after this, says, Now some of them from Jerusalem, as Jesus is there on the Feast of Tabernacles, 
Some of them from Jerusalem said, Is not this he who they seek to kill? But look, he speaks boldly, and they say nothing to him. Do the rulers know indeed that this is truly the Christ? However, we know where this man is from, but when the Christ comes, no one knows where he is from. And then Jesus cried out as he taught in the temple, saying, You both know me, and you know where I am from. And I have not come of myself, but he who sent me is true, whom you do not know. But I know him, for I am from him, and he sent me. Therefore they sought to take him, but no one laid a hand on him, here's our phrase, because his hour had not yet come. And many of the people believed in him, and said, When the Christ comes, will he do more signs than these which this man has done? And the Pharisees heard the crowd murmuring these things concerning him. And the Pharisees and the chief priests, they sent officers to take him. And then Jesus said to them, I shall be with you a little while longer, and then I go to him who sent me. You will seek me and not find me, and where I am you cannot come. Then the Jews said among themselves, Where does he intend to go that, he, that we shall not find him? And does he intend to go to, to, the, to the dispersion among the Greeks and teach the Greeks? What is this thing that he said? You will seek me and not find me, and where I am you cannot come. And on the last day of that great feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. We're going to finish this chapter, but let's just stop right there. Obviously, we can see that there's a lot of confusion about who Jesus was. The last time he was there, he healed the men at Bethesda, and it created quite a fervor. And now he comes back, and now he's teaching in the temple again. And there's something about him that the religious leaders are just grating under. They can't stand him because they, had the, they were the teachers. They were the ones in authority. And this guy, they don't even know much about him. And how is it that he is so learned that he has this authority? Because when Jesus spake, he spake unlike anybody else. They were just kind of going through the motions and everything. But Jesus applied things, and he spoke in such a manner that it just captivated, it mesmerized people. And of course, because he's God. I mean, think about it. He's God in the flesh. You see, that's what differentiates Christianity from every world religion. Every world religion does not see Jesus as the Son of God, God in human form. The Bible tells us that. That he is God come in human flesh. But every other world religion does not believe that. And folks, that's critical, very critical to our Christian faith. And there's confusion. Even today, even in the 21st century in America, there is still confusion about who Jesus is. That's the title of the message. Who is he? Who is he? And in the church today, again, in America... They're still asking the question, who is he? And why are they doing that? Because no one is, or I shouldn't say no one, there's many that aren't teaching the Bible anymore. They're teaching everything but the Bible. They're getting hooked on politics and current events, little sermonettes, to make you feel good. <laughs> I like to feel good, don't get me wrong, but I want the truth. Because that's what love is, isn't it? 
If you love someone, you will tell them the truth, even though it hurts. Are you going to lie to them? That's not love, is it? Are you, you lie to somebody, you prove that you don't really love them, but when you tell them the truth and you know it's going to break their heart, or it's going to be a challenge to them, we have to do it. We have to do it. And so people aren't reading the Bible, so they have this weird understanding of who Jesus is. They don't believe in who he is. They don't even know who he is. They don't know his character. They haven't read through the entire Bible. Have you read through the entire Bible at least once? Maybe twice, three times? I want to encourage you to read this book of God's every single year. Spend some time in certain passages, but get a, there's plenty of reading programs. Read the whole thing every single year. Read it, read it, because in it you're going to find out the character of God. You're going to learn a lot about God, and you're also going to learn a lot about yourself. And you're going to learn a lot about what God does and how he works. And you're not going to be confused like these people were. You're not going to be confused like most of America right now, wondering, who, who is Jesus? Many people worship a Jesus. They, they, he does everything they want him to do. Yeah, they're Christians. They call themselves a Christian, and then they come to church with their spouse, and they're 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 not married, but they're living in um, they're living in sin, and nobody says anything. Nobody says anything. In fact, after all, isn't it love? I mean, and then there's a a a, a man and a man and a woman and a woman. Well, it's love, right? God's love. Well, yeah, He is, but His, his definition of love and marriage are very clear in the Bible. We have no right to be touching those things. Those things were ordained from the very beginning, and they're good for us. And I don't care what anybody thinks about that, because I believe the Bible. I believe what God says. Do you believe what God says? Yes. We need to believe what he says, because it's safety, it's truth. Oh, I love the truth. Do you love the truth this morning? I love it, even when it wounds me. I love what Job said, though he wound me, though he slay me, yet I know he loves me. I, I warped the scripture there, but you get the point. <laughs> though he slay me, I, try, I will trust him. There it is, it finally came back. Right? We don't understand a lot of things, but trust the Lord. Let's look back at verse 25, though, because they're so confused. Just like we are in America today. Who is Jesus? Well, you've got to read your Bible. You've got to read your Bible. And get a good commentary if you have to. If you don't understand, get a good commentary. I can recommend a couple to you that are really, really good. And you can read a passage. If you don't understand it, you can read something that somebody's really spent the time and the effort and looking, the back, looking at the background and the historical significance and all that. And it, it's, it's helpful. It really does. And pray, pray, church. Let's be a praying people. More than ever, we need to be praying, reading the Word of God and praying and loving each other instead of shooting each other in the foot because of our shortcomings. Is there anyone here who is without sin? Is there anyone in the room that doesn't have an issue of some kind? Don't we all have issues? We need to stop looking at each other with these squinted eyes and can't believe that. No, we need to love. Yes, correct, in love. Do you know you can do that? It's uncommon. You don't see very many good examples of it. Correcting and love and talking to somebody and showing them the scripture, talking to them about that and loving them through it. You don't have to get nasty and mean. I'm getting off a point here, as you can tell. Let's go back to verse 25. 
Now some of them from Jerusalem said, Is not this he whom they seek to kill? It's evident from this verse, verse 25, and verses prior to this in the same chapter that there was a lot of confusion about who Jesus was. Look over in verse 12. Notice the confusion there. It says, And there was much complaining among the people concerning him. Some said he's good. Others said no. On the contrary, he deceives the people. Look down at verse 15 right underneath that. The Jews marveled, saying, How does this man know letters? Meaning, how does he have this understanding, this authority, this learning, this, under, you know, this incredible depth? How does he have it? He hasn't been to any of our schools. He hasn't been to Harvard. He hasn't been to Princeton. He hasn't been to, you know, Yale. To the Ivy Leagues. Therefore, we don't want anything to do with him. He's not part of our club. You know, I don't want to be any part of those clubs. I went to some really great schools. I went to one of the best music schools in the world right here in Rochester. And not to complain about education, that's all good, and we should, you know, but they marveled. How does this man know letters, having never, never studied? They didn't understand how he could have been that knowledgeable and have such authority if he hadn't been through one of their schools, if he hadn't been filtered through one of theirs. But see, a man or woman filled with the Spirit of God will always confound those who are not filled with the Spirit of God. They will be jealous, they will be envious, And ultimately, it'll drive them to hatred and hostility. And if left unchecked, it'll even lead them to murder. Have you seen that? Yes, it happens, doesn't it? We see it all around us. But look, they said, verse 26, He speaks boldly, and they say nothing to him. Do the rulers know indeed that this is truly the Christ? Jesus spoke boldly, and, and no one was stopping him. No one was arresting him. And, 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 and some assume that the religious leaders were now, like, sympathetical with Jesus. But the truth of the matter is, they were confounded. They didn't know what to do. What they really wanted to do was just throw a bag over his head and take him to some uh, black room somewhere and do away with him. That's what they wanted to do, but they didn't know how to do it. Because the people were mesmerized. Everybody knew something was happening here that's never happened before. And I wonder why they weren't looking in the scriptures. A little investigation could have led them to a great discovery. They could have looked and found out, where were you from, Jesus? Well, I was, I was born in Bethlehem. Had to go there because of Caesar's census. My father and mother, Mary and Joseph, we went down. And we had to be there in Bethlehem. That's where Joseph was from, his family. But yes, I was born in Bethlehem. And then then they go, oh, remember Micah 5 too. If they would have just done some investigating, they would see that the the one in front of them fulfilled the Old Testament scriptures. To the T. To the T. They were in a quandary over him. They were so filled with anger and wrath. The Bible says that wrath is cruel and anger a torrent. But who was able to stand before jealousy? They were consumed with jealousy. He was bad for business. He was taking away all their converts and leading them to the truth. (gasps) Leading them to the truth. That's what they were supposed to be doing. But Jesus called them blind guides because they weren't doing what they were supposed to do. A sound heart is life to the body, but envy is rottenness to the bones. What a pity that they didn't just search the scripture and just submit themselves to Jesus. His very presence 
in their, in their presence brought great conviction because of their compromise. Be careful of this thing called compromise because once you compromise a little, you're going to compromise a little more. And that's the way compromise works. You start a little bit and then you get used to doing that little bit and then you add to it a little bit. This could take months. It could take years. But before long, you are in a pit that you can't get out of. You are in a thing that you thought and you said early on, I can control this. I can take care of this. It won't bother me. And oh, I can just take this. And have you seen people like that oh i'm just sniffing glue next thing you know they're taking they're smoking marijuana oh i can handle that next thing you know they're doing cocaine oh i can handle that no problem then it gets out of hand then they're 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 selling all their stuff and all the pawn shops around and ripping off their parents to buy more crack and then crack's not good enough and then they got to go to heroin i can handle it i can handle it before long you're in a morgue I know this because there's a man on my block who had the same thing happen to his son. Don't let compromise. Stop it right at the very beginning. Don't let it into your life. It is a stepping stone that will lead you down into destruction. Destruction. Keep a short list with the Lord. It's very possible to have your conscience, as it says in 1 Timothy, your conscience seared. With a hot iron. When we know the truth and we refuse it and we continue on, our conscience can become seared. We become unfeeling. We become un, unwilling to listen to the truth any longer. And James tells us to resist the devil and he will flee from you. Resist him. Resist him. Do the rulers know indeed that this is truly the Christ? This word Christ in the Greek is Christos. Often this term, this phrase, or this, uh, this word, this Greek word, is, is, it's called Christ or Christos, Messiah, or the Anointed One. We'll see this used again in verse 31, here in this same chapter. You remember in Daniel when it says that one of the greatest prophecies in the Bible, in Daniel 9.25, says, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem, until Messiah the Prince, that word Messiah is literally Mashiach. It's the same word that we have here, Christ. It's the anointed one, Christ, the anointed one. It's all the same. It's all the same. Christ. However, we know where this man is from, verse 27 they say, but when the Christ comes, no one knows where he is from. If they knew where he was born, they might have remembered again Micah 5, verse 2. Remember what Micah 5, verse 2, it says. It says, But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from old, from everlasting. Speaking very clearly, hundreds of years before he was incarnate in the flesh, it speaks of Jesus. All they had to do was a little research. They said they know where he was from. Many of, some of them did know where he was from. From Bethlehem. The scripture says that's where he came from, and sure enough, he did. What about in Isaiah? That he would come from Galilee as well. The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, and afterward, more heavily oppressed her by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan in Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. Who is that light? Yes, it's Jesus. All they had to do was look into it. We know where this man is from. Some did, but many didn't. 
That's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of John. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.